we wanted to do something uh, just really quick. You want to come up here with me? We have, some of you know, uh, and if you don't know, you're about to find out, but we've been doing foster care uh, as a family for the last eight, nine, ten months, something like that. And this little girl, her name is Ariel, and she has been with us since back in May. And she has, there is a family that is going to adopt her. And so what we want to do is we wanted to ask you guys, if you would, she actually, she leaves tomorrow. So this is her, her last Sunday with us. So we'll be, we'll be meeting this other family tomorrow morning. And it's a little bit, uh, it's a little, it's a little tough <laughs> on us. And I know for a lot of you that have gotten really close to her. But we just wanted to take a moment, and we just want to pray over her. I believe that, that God say, I, we believe, we've been talking about it a lot here lately, that God has incredible plans for this girl. And she's, <laughs> she's saying, come on. And uh, that God's going to do some amazing things through her. And uh, we're going to get to watch all that God does through her and all that she is able to become over the years to come. And so will you do this, if you're comfortable, uh, just stretch out a hand toward her, and let's just pray, let's just pray that we know God is with her and he's gone before her, but let's just believe that, that he's going to do what he, what he can do. Amen? God, thank you right now for, God, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for this blessing that she has been to our family, the blessing that she has been to our church the many people that she has, not only have we made a difference in her life, but that she's made a difference in ours. And God, we pray that your will be done. Lord, we know that you have big plans, that your plans are good, that you have a big future for this little girl. And we thank you that we can trust you and we can give her back to you and that we know that you will do what only you can do in her life, God. And we thank you for what we're going to be able to see and witness that's going to come from her in the years to come. We thank you for the opportunity that we had to pour into her and and to love on her and to teach her and to do all of those things that, that you've called us to do. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. All right. Well, I want to say welcome again, and those of you that are watching online, thank you for tuning in and being part of our church family. And I want to talk to you for just a, a couple of moments about two things, and then we're going to get into the message. Uh, the first thing is the marriage conference that's coming up this Saturday. Uh, we have uh, one of our overseers, uh, which if, you're, if you've been through Next Steps, you know what our government structure is and all that. If you haven't, then that's a great thing that you'll learn when you go through Next Steps is kind of how we're structured as a church and what our vision is and all of that. So I'll just put a plug for that, uh, February 11th, 18th, and 25th. A lot of good stuff in that, so be a part of that. That, that actually takes place at our home. So we, we have you over at home, and uh, we can walk with you through all of that stuff so that you can get all the information that you need uh, as far as the church goes. But this marriage conference, one of our overseers and his wife are coming in this coming weekend, and I believe that it's going to be I believe it's going to be a good time. We're, have, we're hosting it right here where we have church, so... No other location or anything like that. But what we need you to do and what we're asking you to do is if, if you know that you're coming or you're planning to attend or whatever, if you will register. 
because we're trying to get everything prepared. Uh, we're providing child care. The conference is only $25 per couple, so we tried to keep it just as super cheap as we could keep it. Uh, child care is $5 per kid, and that will include lunch for, for your children, and that's all included in that. And so we just wanted to make it as affordable as we possibly could and, and give you every opportunity to be a part of what we're doing this coming weekend because I believe this next weekend uh, it's, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. We're already thinking about love and marriage and all of this, you know, and how much, you know, buy, spending $1,000 on all these gifts for, for the person we love. Some of you are looking at me like, no, we're not. But we know February, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up or whatever, and I'm excited about this marriage conference. And then the next week, the following week on February the 11th, we're beginning a brand new series that we're going to be. It's about relationships and that type of thing. And so whether you're married, single, divorced, wherever you are, it doesn't matter. Uh, there's going to be something for you, and it's going to be a, an encouragement. It's going to be a challenge for you. And so keep that in mind. But we do need you. You can go on our website. You can go on the app. You can uh, you can register over here and get your names put down. You can pay your fees or whatever you need to do back at the impact store uh if it's check cash card it doesn't matter whatever you need to do but we just want you to to know that so that we can get prepared for your kids be prepared for you and make it the best that it can possibly be and today as most of you know who have been here for the last few weeks uh today is what we're calling give big weekend and i'm going to talk more about this at the end of the message uh, and kind of lead into it but uh, the way that we're ending the, the service today is we're going to give everyone an opportunity uh, to give a gift to God. Not a gift, and I'm going to talk about, I'm going to try not to get into my message right now when I'm just in the introduction, all right? So y'all quit it. But, <laughs> but an opportunity for all of us, myself included, our family, we've prayed about it, and we've asked God what he wanted us to give, and so we have the check made out, we're ready to go, and all of that stuff. And we just want to encourage you, and you'll you'll get a better feel for this here in just a moment after we go through the message, but we just felt like it was important to have a better way to end a fast. You know, the Bible talks about Jesus said, when you pray, he didn't say if, he said, when you pray, when you fast, and when you give. And then he gave instructions on how to do it. When you pray, this is, what you, this is the best way to do it. When you fast, this is the best way to do it. And when you give, so why do we always leave off the third one? And we thought, you know, last year as we started the church, we were thinking, man, if we want all that God has for us, we've prayed and we fasted, but we need an opportunity to be able to give something to God above what we normally give to God so that, that we can just open up the windows of heaven. And I'm going to get into that in just a moment, so y'all better quit it. You're already pulling it out of me right now. But we've been in this series called Overflow, and I'm kind of sad to see it end today, honestly. Uh, I've been enjoying this series and what God put on my heart to, to share with you since the beginning of the year, uh, because overflow has been our word for 2018. That's what God is speaking to our church, that we're to be a church, we're to be people that are overflowing. And uh, we're going to live lives and be a church that overflows into the lives of many people around us and in our city. And we've talked about, just to kind of catch you up to speed, we've talked about how the overflow is always better than what's in the cup. You know, Paul said when he was writing, he said, it's, it's more blessed to give than to receive, and a lot of times we don't think about it this way, but basically what he's saying is the overflow, what's coming out of you onto other people is always better than what you're holding for yourself. It's always better, the giving part is always better than the receiving. What's in the cup is never as good as what's coming out of the cup onto everybody else around you. And so we've talked about that. We've talked about getting prepared and in position and having the right posture, and we've talked about how all of us have that one thing this year that we know we need to do. 
There are 100 things that we know we could do, but we all have that one thing that we know, this is what I need to do this year. I need to focus on this thing. We've talked about how in order for God to pour out an overflowing blessing into our lives, sometimes he needs to do something in us before he can do something through us. We talked about how God will always give us everything that we need, but sometimes instead of receiving a table or chairs, he knows what we really need is a tree. Come on, how many of you here were last week? Last weekend, you remember that? We're asking, we're asking a lot of times for tables and chairs, and sometimes God says, you know what you really need is a tree. <laughs> you need a tree that you can work on. Because if I just did it for you, and I just gave it to you all the time, you might become entitled. You know, we don't know what would happen. And God says, sometimes if you want a table or chairs, here's your tree. Let's see what you'll do with it. Here's, here's, here's the job. Let's see what you'll do with it. Here's the relationship. Let's see what you'll do with it. Here's, here's whatever God's giving you in your life. Let's see what you will do with it. And today as we end our overflow series, I want to talk to you on this subject. I've titled this message, Build a Barn. Build a Barn. Come on, somebody say, Build a Barn. <laughs> Come on, say it like you mean it. Build a Barn. Build a Barn. That's what we're talking about today. And over the last, we've been a church now for about 16 months, give or take. And I have not, in 16 months, I have not preached one message on money. Not one message on, on giving, not one message on tithing, not one message on anything like that. And God has been, come on, God has been blessing our church like crazy. God, I mean, look around you. Look around you. There, I mean, God is doing something, God is doing something incredible in our midst. And, and, and you know, I mean, we may even have to go, we get big enough, we may even have to go to two services. Because God's doing so much until we get our permanent facility and then we get in there, we may still be in two services because God may just keep on doing what he's been doing. We don't know. But, but God is doing some incredible things in our church. And I was thinking, you know, I haven't, I haven't spoken on, and God gave me this message and this idea and all of this, you know, a little while back, what we were doing in this series. And I thought, man, I hadn't, I hadn't spoken on giving, you know, because nobody like, come on, if you're sitting here today, you don't want the preacher to get up and talk to you about your money. You don't. You don't. Don't get up there and tell me what I need to do with my money, and I'll make you a deal. I'm not going to tell you what you need to do with your money. I'm just going to give you some principles, and I'm going to give you some stuff to kind of think about in your mind, and then you can make the decision what, whether or not you want to honor God with your money, whether or not you want to honor God with your finances. That's not my job. That's God's job. So I want to hopefully today give you the correct perspective an idea about giving and what it has to do with living a life that overflows. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you ever met someone or known someone who was extremely generous? You ever met someone who was just, or you've known someone in the past, they were just extremely generous. I mean, they were generous all the time. I remember the, the church we were on staff at before here, before we moved here to, to plant Impact Church. And there was a guy who, I mean, every time you went out to eat with this guy, it didn't matter how many people were there. He paid every time. I mean, every time. And there was no expectation from anybody. I mean, no matter what you were doing, he would, he would go above and beyond to help you out. He would give you the shirt off of his back. I mean, just somebody that was just extremely, extremely generous. Like, there was just something about this guy. He just, it was a gifting that God had given him, and he was just a generous person. A generous person. Or, on the flip side of that, how many of you ever met somebody who was not so generous? You ever known somebody who oh, don't get as many amens on that and don't look around the room today? <laughs> but you've known somebody that was not 
not that generous. You've known somebody that was, but then you've also encountered the person in your life that was not that generous. You know, this is, this is the person that you met or that you've known who never had their wallet when it was time to pay. <laughs> I mean, it's time, the check's coming, it's like, oh, dad, gum it. Left it in the car again. You know what I'm saying? You know, you we've all we've all encountered that person. It's like I know that if I if we do this, then I'm gonna end up paying. But you know, you just end up doing it anyway because you love them, right? But we've all encountered people that are generous and people that were not so generous. And today I want to talk to you about a type of generosity that you may or may not be familiar with, and kind of give you some principles. And I want to hopefully open your eyes. Uh, open our eyes or introduce us to God's view of giving since this is Give Big Weekend 2018. And some of us, you might be thinking, you know, what's the big deal with giving? Or why do I need to give? What's the importance with giving? I've been, you know, I've been in church before where they were just trying to get my money, you know, and that's why I haven't been in three years is because they were just trying to get my money. And I'm trying out your church and the first day I'm here, you're talking about money. Well, we hadn't talked about money in 16 months, people, so... (laughs) And this is not something that we talk about regularly, but I do believe it's important for us to get some principles and know what God's view on giving is. And so I want to encourage you, don't, don't tune me out this morning, because I've already, you know, gave you the, 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 the prequel to what we're about to talk about. Don't tune me out, because we're going somewhere, and I want to help you understand this better. And I want to start today in Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3, and we're gonna, I'm going to give you quite a bit of scripture today because I believe it's important when you talk about a subject like this, and we're going to take it somewhere and hopefully uh, go somewhere with God today. This is starting in verse 8. It says, Will a man dare to steal from me? But you rob me. You ask, how do we rob you? By holding back your offerings. You also steal from me when you do not bring me a tenth of everything you produce. So you are under my curse. In fact, your whole nation is under it. That is because you are robbing me. Bring the entire tent to the storerooms in my temple. Then there will be plenty of food. Put me to the test, says the Lord. Then you will see that I will throw open the windows of heaven. I will pour out so many blessings that you will not have enough room for them. See, we like this verse. We like this part of the verse. God, open up heaven. (laughs) Pour out a blessing on me that I can't even contain. Just give me all that you got, God. You know, But we don't read the verses before it a lot of times. to to figure out, okay, how do I get that? How do I get to the place where God has just opened up heaven and he's pouring out a blessing on me that I cannot even contain? Verse 11, I will keep bugs from eating up your crops and your grapes will not drop from the vines before they are ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Your land will be delightful, says the Lord who rules over all. Now we're going to get into three things that I want to talk to you about. Uh, for the next few moments, but before we do that, I want to just, I want to give you, I want to clarify the difference between the tithe and an offering. Can I just, can, and some of you know this, but can I just clarify what a tithe is and what an offering is? Because I believe there's some of us, I didn't, you know, I didn't, growing up, I didn't fully understand this. Some of us growing up, some of us right now, we may not fully, you know, I, I hear the word tithe and I hear the word offering and I know you're talking about my money, but I don't really know what it is. Well, I want to just clarify really simply. The tithe is the first 10% of all of your increase. So anything that you make that increases your bank account, that increases what you have, 
that is the tithe. An offering is anything above, it's 11% to 100%. Let's put it that way. I didn't even put it that way in my notes, but God just gave it to me like that. Maybe you understand it better that way. So the tithe is the first 10%, and offering is 11 to 100. Whatever God puts on your heart to be an offering, whether it's to someone individually, I feel like I'm supposed to bless them, give this to them, it's to the church, you know, whatever that is, that's, that's what the difference is. The tithe is the first 10% that belongs to God, and offering is anything more than that 10%. And so today I want to talk to you about three mindsets. Two of these mindsets we kind of struggle with and they cause us to not be as generous. And then I want to introduce the mindset, the third mindset that I pray we all, uh, myself included, leave with today and carry with us from this point forward in our lives. So here's the first mindset. You can write this down. We're going to put them on the screen. The bag mindset. The bag mindset. Everybody say the bag mindset. The bag mindset. This, this person believes that there's never enough. The bag mindset is a mindset that believes there's never enough. I never have enough. There's never going to be enough. This is a scarcity mindset. And we see a picture of this in Haggai. Maybe you didn't even know that Haggai was a book in the Bible, but we're going there. During this time, God's people were not putting God first, just to give you some, some foundation and I want you to notice, this is, these are God's people not putting God first. This is not, these are not people that don't know God. These are God's people. Not, so basically, this tells me that it's possible to be a believer and to be a Christian and not put God first in some areas of our lives. It's possible to know God, to have a relationship with God, to be in a group, to have gone through next steps, to be serving in the church, to be on the worship team, to be, you know, all this. And there are some areas in our lives that we're still not putting God first in. These are, believe, these are God's people that are not putting God first. These people basically were trying to take care of themselves first, and they were not rebuilding in this story. They were not rebuilding the temple of God, so they were not putting him first. And here's what the Bible says about this type of mindset in Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. It says, you have planted many seeds but the crops you have gathered are small. So you eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you are never full. You put your clothes on, but you are not warm. You earn your pay, but it will not buy everything that you need. Another translation of this says that they put their money in bags with holes. So it's like you're making money, you're working a job, you have income coming in, but you're putting in a bag with holes. It's like the money's coming in, but it's going out, and I don't really know where it's going. The money comes in, and we just spend it, and it goes wherever, and there, it's a bag with holes in it, and there's never enough because when you get to the end of the pay period, there's always more that you need than what you had when you have the bag mindset. It's a bag with holes in it, and most of us, most Americans, sadly, we tend to live this way. We don't always put God first, and we tend to believe that there's never enough. And we say things like, well, I'd love to give more, I'd love to be more generous, but there's just not enough in the bag. I would love, I would love, and please, let me just say this, this is not a condemning message, and hopefully you'll figure that out by the end of it. This is an encouraging message, and you're going to understand why in just a moment. But when you have the bag mindset, I'd, I know it's Give Big Weekend, 
and I really wish that I could do more. I really wish I could give something. I really wish I could do, you know, I can only give this, and I wish I could give this, but there's just not enough. There's never enough. There's never enough. We still have to do this. We still have to pay for that. And we still have this bill. And we still have that. There's just not, there's just not enough for me to be generous. There's not enough for me to give more. I'd love to make a difference. I wish I didn't always worry about money. But there's just never enough in the bag. I don't want to worry about money. I don't want to worry about my finances. I don't want to get to the end of two weeks and be just like, whoo, I can't wait for two more days to get here so I can get paid because I, I, there's just not enough. There's just not enough. I want to. I want to. I want to help them. I feel like I'm supposed to to, to pay for their groceries. I, I feel like I'm supposed to to bless them. I feel like I'm supposed to do something. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing more. But there's just not enough. There's never enough. And what's interesting about the bag mindset or this bag mentality is that Judas. Most of us know who Judas is. The guy who betrayed Jesus. He carried a bag because he was the money keeper. Judas was a money keeper. I don't know if you knew that or not. He held on to the money. So as they're going around, Judas is holding on to all the money. That's his job. He's carrying a bag. And, hold, and there's an interesting story in Mark 14. We're not going to read the story, but I'll just tell you about it. There's an interesting story, I think it's in Mark 14, where this woman who was probably a prostitute comes into where Jesus is at with a bottle of perfume. You remember this story? And she comes in and she breaks the perfume open and she pours it all over Jesus. She didn't hold anything back. She didn't hold anything back. She said, I'm going to get, this is Jesus. I'm going to give him everything that I can possibly, this is all I have. I'm giving it all. I'm giving everything I have. And, and somebody speaks up in the background. And his name is Judas. And Judas thinks, you know what, you stupid woman. You could have taken, that bottle of perfume was worth a year's pay. Now let me just ask you a question. Would you want, would, does Jesus mean enough to you that if he asked you to, I'm not asking you to, I'm saying if Jesus asked you to, if the Holy Spirit put it on your heart to give a year's pay, now who in this room would do that? This woman comes in and this is, this is worth a year's worth of wages. And she breaks it open and pours it on Jesus and says, you know what, Jesus, you're more important than all this stuff that I have. And so I'm just going to give you everything that I have and I'm going to pour it on you. And Judas speaks up and thinks, man, you could have sold that and at least given all the money away to the poor. You could have sold that perfume and given it away. to You know, you could have given a little bit here and given a little bit here and given a little bit here. But that's not what Jesus said. That's not what she felt like she was supposed to do. She did what she was, and she didn't hold anything back. She gave it all. She gave everything when she worshiped Jesus in this way. It was extravagant. Judas, the guy with the bag, well, you could have sold it. You could have made some money. You could have given away 50% and kept 50%, and people would still think you're generous. This, this, is, this is Judas speaking. And what he's saying about what this woman did, because the bag mentality might be the person who instead of giving something away, instead of, you feel like you're supposed to give something to somebody, but instead of giving it away, I'm just going to give them a good deal. I'm just going to give them a good deal. <laughs> I really feel like, I really feel like God's telling me to do this. I feel like this is what the Lord's leading me to do. <clears throat> I'm just going to give them a good deal. You know, it's really... <laughs> 
it's, I feel like I'm supposed to give it, you know, they need some furniture. I really feel like I'm the one that's supposed to give them my couch, but let, you know, it's like a hundred dollars for a couch. That's cheap, right? So we'll just sell it. It's like, I'm going to give you a really good deal. And we build it up and we justify it. And we build it up in our mind. We're like, whoo, God, look at me. Look what I'm doing. Look what I'm doing. I'm giving them for a hundred bucks. I'm giving them my couch. And God said, that's not what I asked you to do. That's not what I said. That's not what I told you. But I'm just giving them a good deal. That's the, that's the, well, there's never enough. You know, Judas sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver because he wanted some more in his bag. He was more concerned about, I just need some more in my bag. There's not enough. I need some more in my bag, and I'm willing to even sell out the Savior of the world and the guy who's been leading me and taking care of me and, and teaching me all this stuff. I'll just sell him out for 30 pieces of silver because I want some more in my bag. Even though when I put it in my bag, it has holes in it, and it's just going to go wherever. It's the bag mindset. Bag mentality. There's not enough. You know, maybe you maybe you've heard some of these. May, I don't know. Maybe you grew up this way. Maybe you've maybe you've even said some of these things. But I believe, I really believe that these this is these are the signs of somebody who has a bag mentality, a bag mindset. Well, there's not enough. Money doesn't grow on trees. Money doesn't grow on trees. We just can't give wherever wherever we feel like we're supposed to give. Because money doesn't grow on trees. We work for that money. And we got to pay our bills and we got to do this. And we're going to have to go without. We're always going to struggle. I wish we could do more, but there just isn't enough in the bag. The bag mindset. Here's the second mindset. The basket mindset. These all start with a B. Kind of like build a barn. These all start with a B. Just helping you out in that way. The basket mindset in the bag mindset, there's never enough, but in the basket mindset, there actually is enough. There's enough in the basket mindset. Let me, let me show you this in, in the, the word in Scripture. Deuteronomy 28, verses 2 and 5. says, if you obey the Lord your God, here are the blessings that will come to you and remain with you. And he goes through all these other blessings. And he ends with this one. Your baskets and bread pans will be blessed. Your baskets and your bread pans will be blessed. So the people in Haggai's time did not obey God. But God said that when you do put him first, your baskets will be blessed. So when you have the basket mindset, you, you know that, okay, if I put God first, then my basket's going to be, there's going to be enough. There will be enough. I don't know where it's coming from, but there will be enough. I don't know how we're going to get there, but there will be enough. I don't know what opportunity God's going to give us to, to make a little bit more or to do a little bit more or to learn a little bit more or whatever. And he may give us a tree, come on. He may not give you a table. He may give you a chair. He may give you a tree, but there's enough with the basket mindset. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good amount will be poured into your lap. It will be pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The same amount you give will be measured out to you. Now notice that Jesus didn't say keep, and it will be given to you. He didn't say, hold on to whatever you have, and it'll be given to you. Hoard, and it'll be given to you. Keep it all, and it'll be given to you. Just keep it all, and I'll give you some more. Keep it all, consume it all, and I'll give you some more. Consume it all, and I'll give you some more. Come on, Jesus' whole ministry was about giving. He just gave all the time and never expected anything in return. Even though we have some promise from Scripture that God's going to take care of us when we do it. 
they were just going around. Jesus was teaching them how to give of themselves, how to give of their time, how to be servant leaders, how to give of their money, how to get all of these principles that he knew that they would need to know and that we would even struggle with today. He says, give and it will be given to you. Why did, why did Jesus say this? Very simply. Because he knew that you can either keep what you have or you can give what you have. Jesus knew that in 2018, when you make your money and you get your increase, that you can either keep what you have or you can give what you have. You can keep it or you can give it. Now, am I saying God is not going to ask all of you? Some, like some of us are nervous. And I, like, I used to be this way too, nervous, right? Because it's like, well, if I really pray, God, what do you want me to give? He's going to tell me to give everything. And I'm not going to have any savings or anything in my checking or any. Like, I won't end up giving my car. So I don't even want to ask what God, li, listen to me. God does not work that way. God's not going to ask you to do something that he doesn't already have a plan and provision ahead of you before you ever even do it. It's not about, it's not about what you, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's not even about what you're giving. It's an act of faith. It's putting God first. It's saying, God, you're more important. We've been telling this to our kids, you know, because this last seven days, can I get an amen? We've been on a technology fast. And for some of us, like myself, when the kids go to bed and you want to sit down and watch something and just kind of relax and detox from the day, and you can't do that. So what are you doing? You're reading your Bible. How many of you know that's better than watching whatever, Grey's Anatomy, or This Is Us, or whatever your show is that you like watching? <laughs> So we've been sitting down, you know, and we've gotten more sleep over the last seven days because we're not staying up late watching TV. But we've been telling our kids, you know, they're like, well, can we get on our tablet? Can we get on, you know, can we play this? Can we do this? Can we do this? No, we're fasting. Oh. Well, and, and so we've had the opportunity to tell them, you know, the reason we're doing this is because we're telling Jesus that he's more important than our stuff. We're telling Jesus he's more important than the tablet. God's more important than, than my TV show. God's more important than the food that I like to eat. God's more important than Dr. Pepper. <laughs> That's what we've been doing. We're, saying, we're not trying to get God to do what we want him to do. We're trying to get us in the right place. Say, God, we believe that you are more important than all of this other stuff. We can say it this way. When you keep what you have, that's all you have. When you give what you have, God can multiply it. <laughs> When, I think about half of you heard me. When you keep what you have, that's all you have. But when you give what God tells you to give, then he can multiply it. What you keep is all you're going to have. So if this is what you make and this is what you do with your money, that's, all you're, that's what you're going to have. But when we give it to God, he can multiply it. Let me show you, let me show you this, this uh, in a practical way. And I don't have one of these with me. I wish I did, but I don't even know where you could get one right now. Uh, when you give, God gives back, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I want to I give you this visual. Does anybody like ICs? Anybody like an IC? Does, anybody, does everybody know what an IC is? We'll better start there. <laughs> anybody know what an IC is? <laughs> so when you go in, if you're going to go in and get an IC, okay, how are you going to fill up your IC? <laughs> you're... How are you going to fill up your Let me tell you what I'm going to do. We'll start there. I'm going to take the cup, and I'm going to fill the cup up all the way. And then I'm going to let it kind of settle. 
and then I'm going to fill it up a little bit more. <laughs> and then I'm going to put the lid on, you know, the lid that's like this, has a little hole in the top where you put the straw or whatever. Then I'm going to put the lid on, and I'm going to fill up the lid until it's all the way to the top. And then, <laughs> and then for some of us who are really, really daring, we're going to do, <laughs> we do this. And then we fill it up again. <laughs> we take a little drink while we're in the store, and then we top it off again. You know, just wanted to make you know, just wanted to make sure that it's what I wanted. But you know, I'm telling you the truth. We're gonna get all we can get in that icy cup before we go pay whatever it is, two dollars or three dollars or whatever it costs now, to get an icy. We're gonna get all we can get. This is this is the way that God gives back to you or to the people who make the decision to put him first. Now, I'm not telling you today that when you, if you give a certain amount or you begin tithing today or you begin somewhere today, maybe you, you, know, you don't feel comfortable with 10% and you want to start at 5%, I don't, that doesn't matter. What matters is that you put God first and you listen to what he tells you to do. That's what matters. And I'm not telling you today that if you give $100 that when you get home you're going to have a $1,000 check in the mail because that's how God works. God doesn't always, God, it's not always going to come back to you in money. It doesn't always come back to you. And, so, and, and five years from now, you might look back or at the end of this year or in the summer or whatever, you might look back and be like, I don't know how in the world we did that, but somehow we pulled that off or somehow God came through in this area. Somehow, let me tell you how. It's because you put him first. It's just a principle of putting God first in everything. And it's like we, we, a lot of us, we don't have a problem really putting God first in a lot of stuff, but when it comes to our money, we're, we just, like, we just got to hold on to our money. Because this is my money, and I work for it. And they already took $300 out in taxes. I ain't got much left. <laughs> this is my money. I got to keep it. Got to hold on to it. But, but God's saying, it's, it's a principle. It's about you just putting me first in every area of your life. Think about the story where the crowd Jesus was teaching was hungry. And I got to hurry. I apologize. But... And there's a young boy who's coming by, and he has, his, he has a fish and the bread. And what does he do with the fish and the bread? He gives it. He gives it. Just a little bit of fish, a little bit of bread. The disciples are there. Jesus is there. There's all these people that are hungry. The disciples are like, Jesus, you know, I think you, what you're teaching has been awesome, but everybody's getting hungry. We need to send them away. Jesus says, you feed them. Okay. <laughs> you realize how many people are sitting out here on the grass listening to you talk? And I don't even know how Jesus did that because I don't know if there was some, like, did they form some kind of megaphone? I don't know. How did he talk to all these people with no technology back in the day? Who knows? But, <laughs> but all these people are out there, and here comes a little boy who's willing to give his little bit of fish and a little bit of bread. And what does Jesus do with it? He multiplies it. And after, and it, this, is, this is what's interesting to me. After about, the, the Bible says 5,000 men. Men. So most, most people, you know, let's just, say, let's just say they had a spouse and one kid. And they're all there. That's 15,000 people. That Jesus takes a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread and multiplies it and feeds 15,000 people. And then after all these 15,000 people are full, there are 12 baskets left over from what he multiplied. 
Now, the Bible doesn't tell us what happened with the 12 baskets, and everybody has a theory about what could have happened, and this is the one that God spoke to me as I was preparing for this message that I felt in my heart. What if, just what if, I'm not, this, the Bible doesn't say this, so this is just, this is Gabe's translation. We're just digging a little bit. But what if the boy showed up with a little bit of fish and a little bit of bread, and he was heading home to his family? They had sent him out, come on, let's, we just get whatever, this is all we have, and so just go get what you can with this, and just bring it back, and we'll make do, you know, we'll make sure all the kids get fed, and then if there's anything left, we'll eat a little bit, and that. And what if, what if, what if Jesus gave that boy 12 baskets that was left over, and it was enough to feed his whole family? Do you think God works that way? That when you put him first, and you know what, okay, this is all we have, but I'm going to give it. And God, I'm going to trust you to do what only you can do with it. And God says, yep, when I finish up, here's 12 baskets. Go feed the entire family and make sure everybody's full because you have enough. You weren't going to have enough, but now you have enough because he was willing to give it and not keep it. When we put God first, there's always enough. And here's the third mindset. The barn mindset. This is where the title comes from. Build a barn. The barn mindset. There's the bag mindset. There's never enough. The basket mindset that, well, there's always enough. And this is the mindset that I want us to live in, that I want to live in, is the barn mindset. Because this is, this is when you realize that in God's kingdom, there is way more than enough. I don't know if I should have... Maybe I should have preached about something that would would cheer you up a little bit more. I don't know. This is the mindset, the bag mindset, there's never enough. The basket mindset, well, there's always going to be enough. But when we get to the barn mindset, these are the people that believe, you know what, in God's kingdom, there's always enough. Because he has it all anyway. All the money's his, all the resources his, all the people are his, all, everything is his. And so I know that in the barn mindset, there's always going to be way more than enough. I'm not just going to scrape by in the barn mindset. God's going to take care of me. And he's going to take care. This is where the overflow happens. This is where the overflow is. There's way more than enough. So you're not only just keeping what you have, but now you're giving it to everybody else around you and you're letting God use you to do things that you've never done before or that people never saw coming or somebody's been praying for a miracle in their life and because of you, they're going to get their miracle because you listen to what God, because God likes to use people. He likes to use people to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. In the barn mindset, there's way more than enough. Check this out in Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Overflow. Now, in my notes, I have that underlined. I wonder why. Because we have been in a series about getting in a place where we overflow onto everybody and everything else around us. Not just holding on to whatever we get, but taking what we get and giving it. Say, you know what, God, you gave this to me, so what do you want me to do with it? When was the last time you asked that question? 
you know what, God, I just got paid, and I might have worked for it, but all the money's yours. So what you gave to me, I'll just ask you, what do you want me to do with it? What do you want me to do with it? Where is this supposed to go? What am I supposed to do with what you've given me? This is where the overflow happens. When we give to God and trust him, our barns will be filled to overflowing. And what what does God want from you? He just wants to always be first in your life. This is not, this is not, you can all walk out of here today and not give one dime and I will not care. If you get the principle. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I, I want you to get the principle of putting God first in everything. In all of it. You know what, God, I gave my life to you, so I give my life to you. Everything that has to do with my life, I give to you. It's about putting God first. At the beginning of the year, what do we do? We seek God through fasting and prayer. At the beginning of the day, we put God first by reading his word and talking to him in prayer, worshiping him. At the beginning of the week, we put God first in worship, come to church, we gather together. At the beginning of everything that I get, the first part of everything that I get, I honor God with the first of it. The best of it. That's why we do this. That's why we do this at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year. Not at the end of the year. And there's nothing against doing it at the end of the year. But I believe there's something significant about praying, fasting, and bringing a gift to God that he tells you to bring. So that that God can now do what he needs to do in you and through you in 2018. And whatever, when you give God your best, he will always do more with the rest. We, if, if you're like me for so long, you think, you think, well, I know what's best. I know where I need to spend my money. I know what I need to do with this. I know what I need to do with the resources. I know what I need to do with all this stuff. And when you, when you give God your best, he will always do more with the rest. Because when you keep, that's all you have. But when you give, God can multiply it, and he'll give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing in your life. It's a principle of putting God first. When we have the barn mindset, we give first to God. Everything that comes in, we give to God first. And here's the temptation, and I promise I'm wrapping this up. Here's the temptation. A lot of times, it's to wait until we build up enough where we feel comfortable giving to God. But can I tell you, that's the bag mindset. There's not enough right now, so when I get enough, then I'll start. When I get enough, then I'll obey. When I get enough, then I'll, then I'll listen. When I get enough, then I'll apply this principle. When I get enough, and the temptation is we need to get enough so that we can then give. And I don't think, I think, I think it's backward. I think it's give first and then God blesses. I think it's, it's, it's honor God with everything and then God will honor what you've given him and he'll multiply it. And God will always outgive you. He'll always outgive you every single time. To get the overflow, we have to honor God with our finances first. And today, 
is an opportunity for you and I to give to God at the first part of the year to let him know that we trust him and we will put him first, that we're putting him first in 2018. And I want you to think about this as we kind of wrap this up. I want you to think about it this way, how God gave to you. How did God give to you? He gave to you first. He didn't wait for you to make the decision that you were ready to accept Jesus or that you were ready to, to, to give your life to him and then, okay, because you're ready, now, now I'm going to give. God gave ahead of time. He said, this is, how much, this is how much you mean to me. And God gave first. Before you believed, before you were born, before you knew him, he gave first. And when he gave, he didn't hold back. Come on, if there's anything God did, he didn't hold back whenever he gave to us. He gave us his best. He gave us his absolute best. And for so long, I know in my life, I might give, but there was some holding back. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? God, God puts a, a figure in your mind, and you're like, well, I'll give half. Because half of that is still good. And it is. But that's holding back. And I know for so long it's like, oh, when, you know, I heard a, a, a preacher say it like this one time. If it's God asking you to do it, you'll probably throw open your mouth a little bit. <laughs> because, because God wants to know, are you putting your faith in me? Are you going to put me first? And God's not going to ask you to do something to put you in a bad spot. God's going to ask you to do something to put him first so that he can then turn around and give you the overflow and give you the blessing in your life and do more with the rest when you gave him your best. God's not asking you to do something that he's not going to return to you. He's not asking you to do something that he's, not, that he's just going to leave you high and dry. Woo, I'm glad you gave it. Have fun. No, you don't lose your faith when you don't see it tomorrow and you think, well, I'm supposed to be getting a blessing. And in my prayer, God, now yesterday was Give Big Weekend, and now I don't even know if I was supposed to give because I thought that this was going to happen immediately. Well, it may not happen the way that you want it to happen or that you think it's going to happen, but I can tell you that God's word is true. And that what he says he will do, I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. And here's the best part. I love this part. Best part of the whole message right here. I'm not really asking you to give a financial gift today to benefit the church. This now does the the does your generosity go to reach more people? Yes. Does it go to do more? Come on, do you believe that we can do more in 2018 than we did in 2017? And 2017 was pretty great. <laughs> We were able to do a lot in 2017, but every year God wants to do more. In 2018, he wants to do more, but every one of us have a part to play. But I'm not asking you, is it going to go to, to, to help reach more people and to do more outreach and to be able to bless other organizations in the community and to be able to do what we do here and, and have you know quality and all of this stuff? Yes, absolutely it's going to go to that. But it's like we say all the time, you're not giving to the church, you're giving through the church because your money is not just staying here. When you give, God is multiplying it. And he can, come on, how many of you know 150 people can do more than one person can do? When 150 people get the principle of, of giving God and honoring God with our best and with our first, 150 people doing something for God can go a lot farther than one person doing something for God. So it's not about you giving something to benefit the church. 
It's not about it's not about us asking you for money. We don't even take up an offering. Because God's going to take care of what God told us to do. It's <laughs> we're not we're not worried about God providing for what God said to do. God's going to provide what this is for you and me. This principle is for you and for me, not not so that we can get more money. God will provide. But this is, this is about getting us in a position to receive all that God wants to give us when we finally say, you know what, God, I'm honoring you with everything. With everything I have, everything I've got, everything, it, it, my life is yours. It's a, it's a principle of putting God first. And going back to the verses that we, we read early on in the message. I love verse, verses, let's just go to verses 11 and 12. I don't know if you can do that back there, but if not, it'll be fine. He's, he's telling people, you know what, bring the tithe. Give offerings. Be, be generous. Just obey my voice. Just obey my voice. Just, just be obedient to what, I'm, what I want you to do, what I'm asking you to do. Not what somebody else says, but what God is telling you to do. And it, it goes on in verses 11 and 12. It says, I will keep bugs from eating up your crops, and your grapes will not drop from the vines before they are ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed. Your land will be delightful, says the Lord who rules Overall, isn't it, isn't it crazy how God gives us a promise that if we honor him first with this area of our lives, that he, some versions say, maybe you've heard it this way, he rebukes the devourer for your sake. So, so here's what God does, and I know I'm over time, I'm sorry, I know y'all are hungry and, and we're about to end the fast, and I know y'all got the caffeine waiting on you and all this stuff outside, but, but here's what God does. Here's, 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 here's the enemy, and here's you. And when you honor God first in this area, God stands right in between. And he says, <laughs> because here's what the enemy will try to do. Well, well, you gave, and so now I'm just going to take it, you know, I'm going to make their car break down. I'm going to make their car break down. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, hot water tank. When they get home today, hot water tank's going to be busted. Water all over the place. And here's what God, here's what God's saying. In those times, it was farming and it was grapes and it was, you know, all that stuff. And today, it's a little bit different, but God's saying, no, you're not. Because they're honoring me first in this area of their lives, so I'm going to take care of them. I'm going to take care of them. Now, am I telling you that nothing bad's ever going to happen to you again because you honor God first with your tithe? No, I'm not telling you that. But the Bible does say, God says, that I will rebuke the devourer for your sake when you put me first in this area of your life. It's a principle. Are you noticing a theme throughout this? It's not about it's not about the gift and it's not about you know getting more money. It's about you. It's about what God wants to do in you. It's about what God wants to do for you. It's about what God wants to do through you when you decide that I'm going to honor God and I'm going to obey and whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do it and every aspect of my life is his. I'm giving it all to him. All of it. When we give God our first and best, he will always do more with the rest. When we honor God with our finances, I love this. You can write this down. This is so good. When we honor God with our finances, our finances are no longer our responsibility. They become God's responsibility. When, when we honor God with our finances... Now, am I telling you to go make stupid decisions? No. 
because you still have a choice. But, but your barn overflowing, that's God's job, not yours. And when you honor God in this area of life, your finances no longer become something that you have to worry about. You've given them to God and said, God, I know you can take care of this, and there's way more than enough to take care of everybody and everything that you want to do, and so I trust you, and now my finances become God's responsibility. So I want to invite you. I want to invite you today, along with my family. Maybe you've been praying about it. Maybe you haven't been praying about it. Maybe you're going to take the next three minutes and pray about it and allow God to to speak something to you. And maybe God tells you zero. When you pray about it, God may say, give nothing. Give nothing. But here's here's the thing. It doesn't matter if it's $10 or if it's $1,000 or if it's $10,000. As long as it's what God told you to do, that's all that matters. And this is, this is for you. This is, not, this is not for the church. This is for you. I'm tell, this is for me. This is for me. And we've been praying about a figure, and we have a figure, and I have a check in my pocket that when we end this today, we're giving it. This, this is for me, and this is for you. This is God saying, will you put me first in 2018 and watch what I can do with the rest of the year because you put me first in every area of your life? You prayed, you fasted, you obeyed, you were obedient what I told you to give, and you're putting me first in every area of your life. And I want to, I think we may even have this on the screen just to, to help you out, I don't know. But you can do this in many ways. We have our giving boxes are located on this side of the building, so... As you're leaving today, you're welcome to drop it in there. You can, go, you can go on your phone and go to our website, yourimpactchurch.com, and do it there. You can do it on the app. You can text to give. This is a really cool feature that once you set it up one time, all you have to do is text an amount to that same number. It automatically gives every single time. You don't have to do it. I mean, there's no work to it at all. So whatever, whatever way works best for you, or if you're here and you say, you know what, I don't feel like I'm supposed to give anything. We love you. You don't have to give anything. You never have to give anything. But we want something for you. We don't want something from you. We want something for you. And I believe that when, 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 you, get, when you grab a hold of this principle, and maybe for, maybe for you, that's just, you've, you've, never really, you've never really started tithing. And that's your, that's your big gift today is, you know what, God, today I'm going to give 10%. I'm going to start tithing, and this is going to become a regular thing. That's awesome. That's incredible. Maybe your big gift today is, you know what, I'm a regular tither, I'm a regular giver, but above and beyond that, I feel like this is what God's calling us to do, and so we're going to do it. I don't know what that is for you, but I believe that God will honor it when you honor him with what he's telling you to do. Amen? Will you stand to your feet today? We're going to sing this last song, and during this last song, if you want to slip over there, if you need to go find one of the giving boxes, or if you want to get on your phone while we're doing this, or if you want to wait until after, we don't care how you do it, just be obedient. That's all we want. We We want God to be able to do something in your life. We want God to be able to overflow in your life. And we're going to sing this last song in faith. We sang a song earlier. It's called There is a Cloud. But I'm believing that in 2018, as you stand here today, that this, this year, there is a, even though you might have been in a dry season, today I'm declaring over your dry season that the dry season is over and there's a cloud that's beginning to swell and that you're going to be able to receive the rain that God wants to pour out on you in 2018. Amen? God, I thank you right now 
for everything that you're speaking to us, for what you're doing in our church, for what you're doing in these people's hearts and lives and my heart and life. God, I pray that we would just be obedient to you. That's all we ask. That we would just be obedient to you today. That we would give you our best. We would give you first. And just know that your word says that you, that you will not, your word will not return void. So what you have said will come to pass. What you have promised will happen. What you have said you would do, you will do. If we will take a step of faith and we will obey you. In Jesus' name, amen.